killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. has uncovered a loophole that allows accused and convicted American pedophiles to escape justice by moving to Israel. So Ian Lee has been following this for more than a year, and he traveled to Israel for this investigation. He worked with a group that tracks people accused of sex crimes, which estimates dozens of Americans have used this loophole. No, six foot two. We are on a stakeout looking for this man, Jimmy Julius Caro. 48 years old, wanted on charges of sexually assaulting a 9-year-old girl in Oregon back in 2000 and a 5-year-old girl in Israel in 2001. He's considered dangerous. But these photos are a few years old, so we don't know if they'll look the same. It remains elusive. Previous attempts to capture him have failed. Obviously, he was Shauna Aronson got a tip that Carol's expected at this clinic near Tel Aviv. She's with JCW, Jewish Community Watch, an organization that hunts down accused pedophiles who flee to Israel from the U.S., exploiting a process called Law of Return, whereby any Jewish person can move to Israel and automatically gain citizenship. The ease with which pedophiles seem able to use this law as an escape route haunts victims like Mendy Hawk, who says he was abused from age 8 by a teacher at an Orthodox Jewish school in Los Angeles. So your classroom is right here. How does it feel being back? Um, I was very anxious and, you know, stress is coming back. And a lot of memories coming to my mind. Memories of his alleged abuser, Mordecai Yomtov, who taught him Hebrew studies when he was just eight years old. So in the beginning, he would just rub me, like, outside of my pants. And then, say, uh, three or four months later, he started going, like, in. Reaching down your pants. Yeah, it's reaching down. Why did you feel like you couldn't tell anyone? Um, I was scared. I was ashamed. I mean, I just 
depending on what people think of me in the whole situation. Yom Tov pled guilty in 2002 to sexually abusing and committing lewd acts against three other boys. He served jail time, but when he was released, he violated his probation and, according to JCW, fled to Israel with help from individuals within the Orthodox Jewish community. JCW tracked Yom Tov down and confronted him with a hidden camera in Jerusalem, where he admitted to illegally fleeing the United States with help and using a fake passport to enter Israel. I was supposed to take five years in the same city. He had this message for his victims. I'm very, very, very sorry. The other person in this video is Mayor Seawalt, the founder of Jewish Community Watch. He tells CBS News Yom Tov's case isn't uncommon in the Orthodox community. The same thing that's going on in the Catholic Church right now around the world, the exact same thing happens in our community. The rabbis say, it, so you know what, he promised he's going to go for therapy, he's never going to do it again. Boom, he's in another community. A few years later, he's at the same thing, and we hear more allegations that the person continued to abuse children. And often, those abusers end up in Israel. Rabbi Yehuda Oppenheimer says he unwittingly helped Cairo escape. There was nothing that raised any red flags up to the point where he was moving to Israel. Well, I wish I could say that, but unfortunately I can't say that. So he had violated his parole and, and now they were looking for him. He said that there was something in the past that happened when he was young, but uh, nothing had ever happened since. I've changed and I'm a different person now, and, but that helped me. I felt that I could trust him. So I wrote him a letter and uh, he bought a ticket and uh, he left. Caro is accused of abusing more children when he got to Israel. What was that like for you when you found that out? Punch to the gut. It was, it, was, it was very painful. Rabbi Oppenheimer says the reason he came forward is to shine a light on the process of accused pedophiles fleeing to help ensure it doesn't happen again. Back at the stakeout, an ambulance pulls up and a man steps out. It's Caro. I was definitely, definitely him. Oh my God, okay. The police are called and eventually arrive. His days on the run are over as he's led away. Did you assault the girl in the United States? No. Did you flee Israel because you assaulted the girl in the United no. States? Have you ever assaulted any girls in Israel? Do you know that you're wanted by Interpol? Yeah. There's relief as police escort him to their car. This marks the end to a months-long manhunt. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, I got <laughs> Can I give you a hug? <laughs> I have something I need to tell you. Yeah. Okay. We found him, and he was just arrested. What? what? He was just arrested. Oh my gosh, you might Amuna, not her real name, is the person on the other end of the line. She was a little girl when Caro entered her life. I was five year, four or five years old. Uh, my mother was on bed rest. My father's a rabbi, so he wasn't really home. Uh, he used to come to our house. We used to play games, and then it became sexual. I'm going to give you a cookie because you do it so nicely. It's all about the cookie. It's all about lying and... It's all about being so evil to a little child. He also threatened me he would kill my parents, he would choke me, he would hurt me, he would kidnap me. 
how did that affect you? A lot. <laughs> yeah. It affected my whole life. My whole life is around this sexual abuse and rape. Yeah. Amuna turned to therapy and art to help deal with the trauma. This is in my bedroom and my inspiration. She paints and writes poetry, but she's still angry that it was allowed to happen in the first place. What are your thoughts on him being able to come to Israel and flee the United States? It brings up a lot of anger and a lot of frustration towards the Israeli system. Shauna says the failure begins in the U.S. Why would someone want to help? one of these pedophiles escape. Oftentimes there's some sort of community incentive, either, either somebody owes them a favor or someone in the community, let's say an institution has covered up for them in the past and they know that if this goes to court, there's a lot of civil liability coming down the line, you know, and, and it's gonna cost a lot of money to a lot of people and there's, nobody wants to deal with that. Shauna accuses the Israeli police of not prioritizing accused pedophiles on the run. Why do you have to be the ones that do this? Because nobody else is. That's really, I don't have any better answer than that. And if you guys weren't doing it? Then nobody would do it. Israeli police told CBS News that, quote, the police coordinate closely with the Ministry of Justice and worldwide police organizations in order to find suspects overseas. Today, Caro faces charges in Israel. While back in the United States, the district attorney's office in Clackamas County in Oregon told CBS News they are working with federal authorities to secure his extradition but Mordechai Yomtov remains at large. The district attorney here in Los Angeles told us they have not requested Yomtov's extradition and that they had no other comment. Jewish Community Watch says that is the problem. If American officials don't try to get accused pedophiles from Israel, then they simply escape justice and leave children at risk. The U.S. Department of Justice declined to comment on specific cases, but praised their relationship with Israel's law enforcement adding sex offenders have been successfully extradited in the past. Days after Cairo's arrest, Amuna confronted him at an Israeli police station. It was good. It was good to confront him. It was important for me to have that closure in my life. The healing process will continue for Amuna, but for many, like Mendy, the lack of justice means the pain continues. So there are two things JCW says could help close this pathway. First, better background checks on people moving to Israel. And second, more willingness from U.S. authorities to pursue the accused. We know that reptilians and, and Draco, uh, you know, the blood sacrifices, the whole Luciferian thing, the, the kids being killed and eaten. I mean, that humans have been eaten and taken off planet, et cetera, et cetera, and used for slaves and other colonies, et cetera. I hate to say that, but that's far worse than what you just said. It's okay. far worse. Yes, far worse. Far worse uh, yeah. And uh, that the whole blood situation uh, is, uh, it's unbelievable. And um, right. I don't know how we say that to the public. I, I don't know how. Uh, to me, if we get into that, and I know all about it, Okay. All right. Far more than you know. Sure. All right. I'm sure. <laughs> when we get into that, if we release it, 70, 80 percent of everybody that listens to your program is going to say, you're smoking pot. I don't believe that. And I don't believe anything you people talk about on extraterrestrial. And it's going to kill what disclosure is trying to do. That's but my you opinion. know the pedophilia is starting to be exposed everywhere. 
You know that much is yeah. coming. Oh, yeah. But you know the part that I don't want to talk about. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, saying as much as you said right now is actually great. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you basically are, anyone who's hearing everything else you say is going to have to come to home with this. And if they want to know more, it's out there. It's more and more, it's out there. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm not going to speak for Bob, but Bob Wood, Dr. Wood, who's worked with me on the, my book, okay? Yes. He's, he's a genius. Uh, if we were in the conference room and we were talking and there was a big table there, he would have his fists like this and he would slam that table. I want every GD thing exposed. I want it all Good out. Good uh, That's lovely to hear. And I have to say, I'm having a hard time disagreeing with him, but... Well, I, we can do another interview on that subject so that, you know, this one, it goes out. Because I know you really want this information out. You want people to start to wake up. And we don't want to turn them off to any... We don't want... You just said it. We don't want them to be turned off. We don't want them to not believe what's being said. Okay? Know, and this... Yeah, and some... We can get into it partially, but I'm saying uh, I personally don't want to be involved in doing what Bob wants to do. It's too heavy. I think it's going to I think it's going to really hurt getting more people to get involved in this subject. Okay, they're going to say Bill Tompkins is smoking pot. I don't believe one damn word. I don't want to hear about any of this. Okay, I don't want to hear about it my my philosophy on this which is humans are not protecting themselves they're not protected and so if you don't warn them you're culpable the next time somebody gets snatched and eaten or taken away or their child and i'm more concerned about about the children obviously than than anything else that's um you know that's it that's what and so i you know that's my statement my statement is you know i care about the children and i want to protect the children how can you protect a child you must tell them you must tell their parents what's happening what's really going on on this planet and it's about time we humans are able to protect ourselves you know there's a lot of new agers out there who want nothing but to believe that there's ets definitely but they're all hearts and flowers and good guys Yes. And this is this is such a dangerous thing to put out there because again you get humans that will not be able to protect themselves That's and correct. also not understand. You know, some people get the wrong idea about Camelot, but I'm actually in favor of the military. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but I actually understand that we have a lot of military that are putting their lives lives on the line. Yes. In a daily basis to protect humans that have absolutely no idea that they're in danger. You're correct, absolutely. And, I agree. and that's gotta change. Yeah, it's gotta change. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I and I, I realize that people have no idea what a brave man you are. Oh. You are, I mean, no, I just, I just wanted the statement made on my interview here that the courage that it takes to actually do what you're doing right now is phenomenal really it is see I can get away with this because I'm a journalist and I can say anything and people say she's crazy and just not listen but someone with your stature 
you know, with your reputation and your documentation and who you, where you were and how, where you come from and all of that, um, this is substantial. I don't think people can ignore you. I don't think they can. Well, I, I sure hope they don't, uh, and uh, because frankly, we need help. Yeah. We need everybody involved in this. It's, it's not, that's not a lie. We need help. The Navy had been involved with uh, the, the German facilities in Antarctica and the Draco reptilian facilities in caverns in the Antarctic. And you have Draco reptilian guys running your governments right. of every country on your planet. Of I every mean, government. There you go. Wow. Does that answer your question? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not what we want to hear. When we got to the moon, we found out a lot of surprises, okay? <clears throat> the Draco reptilians were already there. And we, we, we knew because we had probes when we went non-manned probes that we sent around the moon. So we knew there were facility on the backside. We knew a whole lot that people didn't talk about. But we were in a position where uh, this moon is not a moon, okay? It's not your moon in the first place. Actually, this is not your planet. Uh, this is their laboratory. Okay. Right. Okay, uh, the Dracos, you mean? Or the reptilians? Draco reptilians slash okay. reptilians. And I'm going to ask you what they all look like and all that, you know, at some point. Um, okay. Because um, I know, okay, let's let's get to when it was, uh, was it Neil Armstrong landed on the moon and he said, he said that thing that you heard him say and Michael wants to get real specific about this. So... Basically, there were seven huge craft there, and you said on one of the shows out there, you said um, that the, the reptilians actually showed up be, beneath their craft and they gave the finger. Okay, they were parked around the side of the, uh, the crater, okay? They were not parked on it, they were right. floating above it. So there were hundreds of these nine-foot reptilian guys standing with their legs. Yeah, they were all the way across the, uh, the wow. under, uh, underneath their vehicles, okay, standing so on the crater. Feet, and what do they look like? Uh, uh, they're ugly looking, uh, lizard, alligator type people. They, wow. got, they got the same skin as the know. lizards got, okay? And terrible looking faces. Mm. But then they have the ability to shift and look like a human. All of them do. Okay? Okay, do you think Von Braun was a, a reptilian? No. You really don't? No. Okay. Uh, your president, yes. Oh, what, which one? Uh, George Bush, senior? Yes. Yeah. Sure. And, and Bill Clinton and this guy you got, oh, just got rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all were. Right. Okay. So, and they all have this ability to make themselves look like real uh, good-looking people. And you're saying Trump does isn't one? 
No, he's not. Okay. Well, that's a relief. And, uh, <laughs> and he knows more about this subject than people realize. Oh, okay. excellent. Uh, Join the fight against the reptilians and dracos that are basically plundering the galaxies, um, taking over planets, etc. And you've said something very similar to that. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Uh, I'm just saying that this, this is our, our situation. And I guess that we should wrap this up. What is a lesbian, sir? What's your word? All right. If you liked another girl, that could, that could be... I like Olivia. Am I a lesbian? Well, if you like, like Olivia, you could be, sure. I like, like, like Olivia. I love Olivia. I like Olivia, too. Am I a lesbian? No, it doesn't work that way, Philip. You can never be a lesbian. No fear. I want to be a lesbian. Me, too. No, I'll be lesbian. Let's just move on. Let's try words that end in O-N. Prostitution. What did you say? Prostitution. What is prostitution? What is prostitution? Uh, let's say prostitution is when you work in the street and you get paid. I want to do prostitution. No. All right. Moving on to words that end in R-E. But let me just have a second here to think if nothing, it can't be. So shout out words that end in R-E. Crack whore. What is a lesbian? Somebody come and hear this jackass. We always knew from day one that the vaccination program is not a permanent protection. Remember him saying mandatory vaccination to operate? Remember him saying get vaccinated? He is saying now in his own psychopathic way. From day one they know it will not be a permanent fix that the effectiveness wanes after a few months. So if you were vaccinated, even if you were boosted, after a period of months, He is saying now you got scammed. The response of your body would have been weakened and you are open to be infected again. Some... Smart dust originated with DARPA back in the 90s. This powder-sized chip is something called the Mu chip from Hitachi. It's the smallest commercially available RFID system in the world. You can literally scatter this stuff like dust or embed it into a sheet of paper. It doesn't require a battery. Flecks of computing power settling on your skin, ingested, monitoring you inside and out. The nanoparticles are designed to go under the radar of the immune system. And so they are undetected in the body. We have computing everywhere, we have connectivity everywhere, we have infrastructure that can compute those with new capabilities like AI. If you have enough data and you have enough computing power, you can understand people better than they understand themselves and then you can manipulate them in ways which were previously impossible. Transhumanism is a growing movement that aims to use technology to modify our bodies, sometimes in radical ways to make them stronger, faster, and better. This interview was too real. Lucifer.
thank you to agreeing to this interview. What would you attribute to your success and popularity? Every generation is the same. I appeal to their lust and ego. I offer all the sex, wealth, and fame a person could want. Do as thou wilt has been my campaign slogan from the start. And my campaign platform hasn't changed either. I run on the same three issues every generation. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. When you say lust of the flesh, what exactly do you mean? Isn't it obvious? I just use humans' own innate physical desires against them. And since sexual desire seems to be the most powerful, I usually run with that. Now, I didn't create sex, but I must say I've done a superb job at perverting it. Take pornography, for example. What I do is gradually get someone addicted to porn. And once lust has had his full work and he and she can no longer restrain themselves, they usually look to act out their fantasies on someone. And sometimes that someone is a child. Now, my plan plays out perfectly. That abused child will eventually turn to a life of promiscuity and perversion themselves, allowing me to continue my vicious cycle. And here's the kicker. Many of those abused girls end up right in the porn industry. Now how's that for irony? Lust of the eyes. Can you elaborate? Humans are never satisfied. You always crave more. Bigger house, bigger car, more money, more power. The list goes on and on. I just take their natural ambitious desire, pervert it, and use it against them for their own destruction. My plan is to allow them to never be content. As long as I can keep them craving what others have, I can depend on them to argue, fight, even kill to get them. Humans are so easily tricked into jealousy. And you know what they say, jealousy is as cruel as the grave. Pride of life. Now, how does this fit into your campaign platform? Humans are always on a quest for knowledge. I trick the first humans to seek carnal knowledge over godly wisdom. And it's worked like a charm every generation since. With more knowledge comes more pride. And you know pride is my specialty. And since humans don't like to keep God in their wisdom, I'm able to seduce them with all types of things to help puff up their ego. Lately, fame has been my biggest seller. Who doesn't like attention and feeling more important than the next person? Once I make them famous, I can really use them to promote my agenda. With their help, I've convinced half of the world to not only accept sin, but to celebrate it. Do you know what has been my most enjoyable pride campaign to date? Well, my gay pride campaign, of course. Not only do I get the chance to promote your own self-destruction, I get to use God's logo, the rainbow, to do it. Love is love, right? <laughs> my plan not only prevents you worthless humans from reproducing, it distorts the gender roles and allows me to bring all types of chaos and confusion upon your pathetic societies. It's been so successful, I've got men convinced they're women, and women convinced they're men, and some convinced they're no gender at all. And I've got two more Pride Initiative campaigns I'd like to introduce in the near future. First is abortion pride. Now, I think we can pull this off. Society is definitely ready for it. I've enlisted to help a Planned Parenthood to work with marketing and promotions. And all we'll have to do is silence the so-called abolitionists, pro-lifers, because the rest of the church doesn't seem to care. And second is pedophilia pride. Now, society might not be ready for this one just yet, so we'll hold off. I need to desensitize them a little more before we introduce it. Some may consider your policies destructive, dangerous even. What would you say to your detractors? All of my policies are aimed to do one of three things. Either steal, kill, or destroy. And if it's not doing one or all three of those things, 
then it's not my agenda and I'm not promoting it. Okay, okay. I'm happy you said that. It seems as if you promote your agenda differently to different ethnicities. If so, why? Of course. I'd be a fool not to. Take black people, for instance. As a people, they're super spiritual. So I can't really convince them that there is no God. What I have been able to do as of late is convince them that he's not the God of the Bible. Now, I've been real successful at promoting black consciousness and Islam in their communities. I'm so happy you mentioned black people. It seems as if we've been at the very top of your agenda for quite some time. Why is that? Black people helped me reach the masses. Now, as you know, I was over music in heaven. My beats were so dope, I got over a third of the angels to follow me. I needed artists and entertainers to help me promote my message here. Who better than black people? Black people possess all the natural rhythm and music ability that I need. And it's easy for me to influence them with money since so many of them grew up without it. Another reason I target black people is because they're strong mentally and physically. If black men were to ever find their identity in Christ, I'd be in trouble. So I try my best to destroy the black family structure and keep black men away from his family and the church. Drugs and incarceration are a couple of my more popular means. Without the head of the household president, I can become the head and influence the children without too much resistance. So you mean to tell me that your policies are intentionally racist against black people? Racist? This has got to be the best law I've ever come up with. Now, I can't believe that humans still believe they're different races. But to answer your question, yes, it has always been my policy to target and isolate a group of people. And out of all my strategies, this skin color thing has worked the best. I definitely want to keep white people and black people separated. As long as I can keep black people bitter and white people offended, I'm good. Hopefully black people will never forgive. That way I can continue to use them. My question is, what role, if any, does your administration play in this black-on-black -black crime epidemic? Well, as great as my administration is, we can't take all the credit for this. Black people help us tremendously. By aborting so many of their babies, they allow us to bring death to their communities. As the Bible says, they sow the wind and reap a whirlwind. When implementing all of these policies, do you ever face any resistance or pushback? And if so, from who? One group in particular try to oppose every policy I try to implement. I would be so much further along with my agenda if it wasn't for them. Those pesky, born-again Jesus followers. They're a real thorn in my side. Every generation, they come together and try to dismantle one of my signature policies. Now, I've convinced half of the world that Jesus didn't exist and the other half that he wasn't divine. But I can't seem to convince them. They seem hell-bent on telling everybody about him and spreading his message. Some of me believe he's coming to unseat me in this generation. <laughs> Crazy, huh? I'll tell you. Those idiots are really messing with my legacy. So, Lucifer, how does that make you feel when uh, us idiots say that Jesus possibly could be coming back in this generation to unseat you? Y'all been saying that for centuries. I just use it as motivation to get as much of our agenda pushed through and deceive as many people as possible before he returns. I think I've done pretty well. My record speaks for itself. About 150,000 people die each day, and most of them don't know Jesus. 150,000 people. Whew. Hey, what's up? First 
of all, I just want to say thank you for all the people that's listening and chiming in on me. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. So I appreciate you doing that. Hopefully that way, if we can learn how to agree to disagree, and we can live like people. When I make the hard topics, I say the hard things, I make the thing itch scratch. So if your itch is not scratching, and you're scratching on the itch, maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror. So I'm not here for no drama. I'm not here for no nothing. Just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only. So I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So, again, thank you. And hopefully we can agree to disagree. I studied the Bible so I know it well. Yeah, can't let nobody make myself a cell. Can't even lie, yeah, I still struggle, but I know myself. I fear God, I told him I don't want to go to hell. Pray for the sermon, I'll be asking what's the gift in me. Must be this music, cause the world think I'm so sick with it. I switch my style, some people love it, some trying to get with it. I think what matters most is I'm living out what's God written. I make mistakes, but I embrace them, I'm still human. I escape from that place that made me feel ruined. So every day I still chase what I think I'm losing. And pray to God in the end that I don't look stupid. Why do I feel I'm unable, double-minded, I'm unstable? Wanna put all me on the table so God can make me an angel. Was living life like Cain, cause I was jealous of Abel. God told me, look up, child, I just wanna save you. I need to hear your voice in life so I could get through this. For you, I shoot for the stars every time and I don't miss. Every time I drop a hit, I still don't feel the bliss. And deep down, I know it's only cause I'm still living in sin. You transform my pen, they laughed at me, now I'm laughing with them. Transform my gifts so now I can't even rap with them. I need to use my talents cause the devil be distracting them. Hey, y'all, what's up? This is FaZe. Happy Sabbath day. Happy Sabbath day. Happy Sabbath day. First of all, I want to thank the most high for all he do for us, y'all. Knowingly and unknowingly. Second of all, I want to thank Jesus Christ for dying on the cross, bringing us back to the most high bosom. Thank you, Yahweh. And thank you, Yahweh Shai, for all you do for us. Knowingly and unknowingly. I want to thank all my interstate people for listening, y'all. I know you didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. I want to thank all my out-of-state people for listening. I know you didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. Shook it down, shook it down, shook it down, down, shook it down, shook it down, shook it down. Yeah. I want y'all to know how the word plays that they plan on us and how they trying to manipulate us. You know, I I, I don't know, y'all. I see a lot. I hear a lot, y'all. And I don't know. And it just... It's just overwhelming. That's why I be trying to get, you know, I be like, damn, let me let, let me turn fam on to this and let them analyze like what I'm analyzing the world, right? So, you know, and it and, and I be listening to a whole lot of stuff and I'm like, why? 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 You know, and now we got to be on point, y'all. We can't play these people game, man. 
We can't play these people game. You know, they really, we don't even have a government. And y'all, y'all, y'all still in a delusion. You know, these clowns, think about this, y'all. If these people want this country to fall because they want to hit that cryptocurrency because everybody, everybody is going to BRICS, the different states and different countries, right? This is what y'all ain't getting. Y'all, y'all ain't, y'all, y'all sleeping on what's going on with BRICS. Now, the United States can't go and just kill one man. He got to kill a whole different types of nation to tr- destroy that. That's how they killed Gaddafi. Through brick. I mean, through what he tried to do. And who did it? Obama. A man of you. See, these the games they playing on us, man. These the games that they plan on us. And we got to stop it. We got to come back into our conscious, conscious mind and look at this reality for what this reality is. We playing games. We jumping ropes. But what we supposed to do, fam? These people are trying to rape us. Well, they ain't try to rape us. They done raped us. They done raped us, y'all. We've been violated. We've been violated and we still getting violated. And then when it's being violated, it's going to stop, fam. They narratives can only ride if we allow their narrative to ride. Their narrative can only flow if we give it the air to let it flow. Don't don't blow up their balloon, man. Do not blow up their balloon to put us in a trick hat. You already know they are bullies. So now they are, you know, the, the tongue twist the wordplay bully and we sitting up here project so what you think so what's going on now what you talking about phase what's going on now what you talking about phase <sighs> what's going on now and what I'm talking about let us analyze the world fam this is how they plan on taking the money off of the street Things are changing fast in this digital world, so much so that a growing number of businesses will not even accept cash anymore. Yeah, they are starting to set up reverse ATMs that quickly turns cash into a prepaid debit card to be used on the fly. And Dre Clark explains from New York City. Dre, I've never heard of this. Mitch has never heard of this. What's it about? 
Yeah, you know, I never heard of it either until I read about it last night. Uh, it's relatively new, but it's slowly but surely catching on. You know, cash is really still king, but reverse ATMs are definitely the way of the future as more businesses look for ways to go cashless. Here at Madison Square Garden in Midtown Manhattan, they already have machines inside the arena that can actually convert your cash into a debit card here. Now, here you can see exactly how it works. You load money into a kiosk like you see here, and within seconds, you can get a receipt confirming your conversion and a prepaid active card. Many of the prepaid cards are either MasterCard or Visa, and you can use them anywhere where those cards are accepted. And this is how they... So, what y'all think about that, y'all? That's how they plan on it. What would y'all think about that? See, if y'all support those businesses that do that, y'all giving them life. See, those businesses can't breathe without y'all giving them or supporting them. But y'all, but y'all so narrow-minded, y'all go for the flow. You go for the hypnosis. It's all about, man. It's all about. It's all about, it's all about principle, man. It's all about principles. When we gonna set, stand our feet down on the ground like and give principles? This is shame out there, man. What we gonna do, fam? You know, I've been kicking on this Tom Tom about this digital dollar thing, and now it's manifesting to reality. And what now? Are y'all gonna go for it? Cause half of y'all, I know most of my family been listening to me. Y'all know better. Y'all know better. say may shock some of you but the most difficult people to deal with are people who have two kinds of spirit one is the holy spirit and the other is not now people will tell you but the holy spirit wouldn't dwell in an unclean vessel that's wrong the holy spirit does dwell in unclean vessels if he didn't we'd have no hope some people take the attitude the holy spirit will only come in when you're completely pure but the Holy Spirit comes in to make us pure. Without him, we cannot be purified. So we need him. It's, it's like if a professor at a university would say to his class, now when you've passed your exams, I'll teach you. And they'd say, but professor, we need you to teach us to pass our exams. After all, David committed adultery and murder and prayed, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And God didn't. 
So if anything defiles, adultery and murder do. But the Holy Spirit did not leave David. That was the grace and mercy of God. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you every time you do something wrong? You know, Jesus in Mark 7 lists 13 things that defile a man. And one of them is pride. One of them is foolishness. Dear Lord, how many spirit-filled Christians would there be left if every time we got proud or foolish, the Holy Spirit left them? So the Holy Spirit does dwell in vessels that are not totally pure. Afraid what I... The Prophecy of St. Malachi. In the 1100s, St. Malachi was the Archbishop of Armagh, Ireland. Reportedly, he made a visit to Rome in which he had a vision of the future popes and wrote them down. All in all, the prophecy consists of a list of 112 short enigmatic mottos in Latin that are supposed to represent the popes from St. Malachi's time onward. However, the prophecy did not make its debut until about 400 years after Malachi's death. But many people believe that the prophecies written therein have been true. Among these prophecies, the last one is likely to happen if it hasn't already. This is because according to Malachi, the last pope will be called Peter. He will be the one that puts the Roman church into tribulations, and he will indicate the final pope at the end of the world. At first, the issue of the prophecy died down a little until Pope Benedict XVI was near the end of his papacy, and another pope took over. No sooner did this new pontiff announce his name as Francis than some prophecy experts took to the airwaves, claiming that the new pope is Peter the Roman. They also argued that despite claiming to be an Argentine cardinal named Jorge Mario Bergoglio, the new pope has Peter somewhere in his birth name and that Pope Francis really is a Roman since his parents are Italian immigrants who moved to Argentina. To find the truth in that, the future is the only route. Y'all ain't get that. When our forefathers went into captivity, y'all, who who they who who was they under captivity? Rome. The Romans. Who are the Romans today? Who are the Romans today, people? Hmm. Okay, now I want y'all to go do y'all homework on that. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Genesis 1, 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 5, 1 through 2. When God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them. Jesus stated in Mark 10, 6. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Also in Matthew 19, 4. At the beginning, the creator made them male and female. For thousands of years in human history, we have recognized as a species that there are women and there are men who are obviously biologically different, dare I say even scientifically different, and even science agrees with this premise. Yet over the last several years, there has been a perversion in our culture by the enemy, and the left has completely embraced the lie to erase the lines of gender and to convince you there isn't really gender and that gender is fluid and can be whatever you want, whenever you want, again, more lies. The left has taken gender identity so far that many on the left today cannot even define what a woman is for fear of retribution by trans activists. Even the latest Supreme Court justice appointed by President Biden could not define what a woman is during questioning. 
and she now sits on the highest court in the land. The radical left has adopted completely made up terms that didn't even exist just a few short years ago, like non-binary, cisgender, trans male, trans female. You can even find that there are 74 made up genders, 74 that you can choose from. Everything from agender to omnigender. There's even an astral gender, which is having a gender identity that feels to be related to space. I don't even know what that means. Just a few short years ago, even Democrats would say that this is ridiculous. But today, it is common speak for the radical left. And if you question these fictitious terms, they label you transphobic. Again, another leftist idiom. I have three dictionaries in my house. One was copyrighted in 1828, one was copyrighted in 1959, and one was copyrighted in 1988. Shockingly, nowhere in any of these dictionaries are the terms non-binary or trans man or trans woman. Even if you look on Webster today, just Google Webster, it says that trans man and trans female are terms that were first used in 1996. During the entire history of mankind, you were either male or female until the last few years. In worship to the trans movement, the Biden administration has moved at warp speed to infiltrate every aspect of the federal government with trans speak. Most recently, just a couple weeks ago, I'm assuming in response to this bill moving to a vote, the Biden administration is looking to insert rules on Title IX to force biological men into women's sports in complete defiance of the laws this body passed over 50 years ago. Congress in 1972 created Title IX to protect women's sports, to enable women to have an equal playing field in athletics. And in worship to their trans idols, the administration wants to flip that on its head. It's insane. Title IX was created for women's sports, and now the left wants to kill it. I'm giving, and in giving, and them giving homage to the trans movement, they are abandoning women all across the country. Parents do not want biological men in locker rooms with their daughters. Nor do they believe it's equitable that a male can compete with women in female athletics. It's the whole purpose that Title IX was created to begin with. The radical left wants you to believe that this never happens, and there's only a few instances of this happening. However, the, fair, the facts bear this statement as false. There's an entire website that documents examples of females who were displaced by males in women's sporting events. It includes the place she would have won had the male not been competing. There are hundreds of examples documented on SheWon.org and Concerned Women has a spreadsheet with, again, hundreds of example, examples where women face men in competition. In my own district in Sarasota, Florida, my constituent, Emma Wyant, an incredibly talented swimmer and Olympic medalist, lost the 2022 NCAA Women's Swimming Championships title for the 500 freestyle by 1.75 seconds to a man who formerly competed for years on the men's swimming team who took home the title after identifying as a woman. It's a sad day in America when the Democrats have regressed so far backwards that they are willing to erase the rights that women have fought decades to obtain all to elevate biological males to the top of women's podiums. The integrity of women's sports must be protected. H.R. 734 preserves women's sports and ensures fair competition for generations of women to come, just as Title IX originally intended. If my liberal colleagues truly believe in supporting women's rights, and they so off, as they so often tell, they, they will vote in favor of this bill. I encourage my colleagues on both sides of the aisle to stand for women's free and fair opportunity in athletics and to stand for truth, not lies. Hey, see y'all. Okay, analyzing the situation. 
when he was talking right, I was going to let him finish talking. Um, I thought, this is what I thought. You see how women all these years want to be like men. Do the same thing as men. Be treated equal as men. And you got women, got um, and, and, and women that act like men, and you got women that, um, you know, manly like, want to be bosses and all that. Not um, you got women not nurturing. They they don't have that 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 feminine touch. Now okay. Now, they got this new thing going out of Barack Obama opened the door to. Transgenders. Now, transgenders want to be a woman. A man want to be a woman. So, a man, they took it literally that a man want to be a woman. So, now, you know, they, they, doing, they, they doing what they, they putting out there. And the women get mad because you got men, men as women engaging in what they do, going in the bathroom, doing all that other stuff. Like I don't endorse all that. I don't, you know, I, I you know, I, I do what most I say. So you already know I stand on that. But um I don't, you know, all this ruckus and all these different type of spirits. The spirit of a man jumping to a woman, a spirit of a woman jumping to a man. Mm, mm, mm. See how all this, uh, how, uh, and I'm looking from the side, look at all of it is endorsed with this, you know, women liberal. Want to be independent. All this. Now they changed the game. Now Obama opened the door. And you get this. So. You know. If that's the law. And we had to go with the law of the land. Because we are already prisoners of war. Mm, mm, mm. First Timothy 2 verse 11. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Ask somebody who teaches that women aren't allowed to teach to explain verse 15. Verse 15 undoes the whole doctrine, but we'll get there. I want to remind you of something. This word woman, gyun or jin, a woman, married or unmarried. Same word, whether married or unmarried. So context determines whether we're talking about a woman or a wife. Well, let's consider some things. When you hear the word submission elsewhere, in Ephesians and in Peter's epistle, he's talking to wives, not women. What did Paul and Peter say to wives? Submit yourselves to your husbands. Where else do we see women submitting to men in the general sense other than Timothy? Do you submit to preachers? Sure. 
men and women are supposed to be in submission to church authorities as long as they're behaving in accordance with the word of God. Do women submit to men in general or do wives submit to husbands? There is no general command in scripture for women to submit to men just by virtue of their being a man and her virtue of being a woman. The first time we see women's submission to men is between Adam and Eve and God says, he shall rule over you. And who is Adam? Her husband. So let's read this as wife. A wife must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. Now that's sounding more in line with everything else we hear about a wife with her husband. A wife must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, but I do not allow a wife to teach or exercise authority over her husband, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam, the husband, who was formed first, and then Eve, the wife. And it was not Adam, the husband, who was deceived, but the wife, being deceived, fell into transgression. But wives will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self-restraint. Here's why verse 15 proves that we're talking about a wife and not a woman. The Bible teaches wives to bear children, not women. The Bible does not teach, hey, go become a single mom because you'll be preserved or sanctified or saved through the bearing of children. The Bible doesn't teach women to just go out and get pregnant willy-nilly. It teaches wives to bear children. It does not teach women to bear children. Not all women are called to be wives and to bear children. You cannot make a general statement over all women that all women must bear children. It's simply not true. Jesus said that some are eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. That's men and women. Some are abstinent, celibate, and do not bear children for the sake of the kingdom. They're full-time ministry. So this can't be women in general because only wives bear children. Wives are to be in submission to their husbands, according to the scriptures. When you translate it as woman, it doesn't make sense. When you translate it as wife, it aligns with the other scriptures. Adam and Eve are husband and wife. I presented all those women in the Old and New Testament that were in positions of authority. They would be sinning against what Paul says here, especially Priscilla teaching Apollos. They were not sinning. They are not rebuked in the Bible. Priscilla was still in submission to her husband, Aquila, even though she was a preacher of the gospel to men like Apollos. And it is possible to preach and still be in submission to your husband. And if you're not married, like Nympha might not have been married, then she's in submission to God and then to Paul and the other apostles. I'm in submission to other authorities. Do you understand? So even a woman who pastors without a husband is in submission somewhere. And if she's not, sure, there might be a problem. So Paul's letter to Timothy, Paul's letter to the Corinthians does not undo his letter to the Romans, does not undo Priscilla and Aquila, Nympha, Phoebe, Anna, Philip's daughters, his letters, when he's talking about submission, it's always a husband and wife dynamic. Every time the mission is being talked about, it is always a husband and wife dynamic. Now, he said everything in a home run. Had me thinking about that. So what you analyze on that, women? How you analyze that? What kind of situation you hit that? So when he says something strong, he said wives have he had said wives have children or you know women that don't have husbands shouldn't have children some, some some stuff like that but they analyze so man we got to check these things out see what they saying and digest them for yourself man because I got something else I want you to digest because the flam flam on the flam flam because these people trying to hurt us man they trying to hurt us. And if you ain't wise enough, because, hey, fool me once, shame on me. 
shame on you, right? I'm like, George Bush, right? He did that. <laughs> if you fool me once, shame on you. You sure you fool me twice? Shame on me, cause I'm a fool. I keep going for the okie doke. So when we gonna fall, when we gonna stop falling for the okie doke, fam? And let these people know that they ain't doing the right thing. Can we do it or not? This is the video that Bill Gates put together, along with the team, complete with simulated news reports like this. This is really what they're preparing for us. This video is called Get Ready. Watch. Catastrophic contagion of global challenge. Breaking news. In Latin American countries alerted the WHO of several outbreaks of a new infectious disease that's mysteriously appearing across the region. Severe epidemic enterovirus respiratory syndrome 2025. Oh, so that's the name, guys. Just write this down. That'll be the name of it, okay? It's Sears. Gonna Sears. It's going to be called the Severe Epidemic Enterovirus Respiratory Syndrome in 2025 is when we'll see it. This is the video that Bill Gates put. 14 universal laws that govern life on Earth. If you master these laws, you will have mastered life on the physical level. Nothing on Earth happens unless through these laws. Each law is interconnected and entwined with the next. 1. The Law of Divine Oneness The first out of the 14 universal laws helps us to understand that we live in a world where everything is connected to everything else. All is energy, and all energy is an extension of source energy. Everything we do, say, think, and believe affects others in the universe around us. We are microcosms of the macrocosm. We are all parts of the same source. 2. The Law of Vibration This law states that everything in the universe moves, vibrates, and travels in circular patterns. The same principles of vibration in the physical world apply to our thoughts, feelings, desires, and wills in the etheric world. Each sound, word, object, and even thought has its own vibrational frequency, unique unto itself. 3. The Law of Action The law of action must be applied in order for us to manifest things on Earth. Therefore, we must engage in actions that support our thoughts, dreams, emotions, and words. Action is energy in motion. 4. The Law of Correspondence This law states that the principles or laws of physics that explain the physical world, energy, light, vibration, and motion, have their corresponding principles in the spiritual world or etheric. What happens on the inside will reflect the outside. If you are hectic and stressful, your world will be also. If you are in total bliss, 
the outside world will mirror that bliss. As above, so below. As within, so without. 5. The Law of Cause and Effect This universal law states that nothing happens by chance or outside the universal laws. Every action has a reaction or consequence. If I am thinking successful thoughts, speaking like I am already successful, feeling like a success, and taking successful actions, the end result will have to be success. We reap what we have sown. 6. The Law of Compensation This law is the law of cause and effect applied to blessings and abundance that are provided for us. The visible effects of our deeds are given to us in gifts, money, inheritances, friendships, and blessings. The good that we do eventually comes back to us in different forms, matching the same energy. If you want to increase your compensation, you must increase the value of your contribution. Do more of what you've been asked, and you will be compensated abundantly. 7. The Law of Attraction This law demonstrates how we attract the objects, events, and people that come into our lives. Our thoughts, feelings, words, and actions produce energies which in turn attract like energies. Negative energies attract negative energies, and positive energies attract positive energies. 8. The Law of Perpetual Transmutation of Energy This 8 out of the 14 universal laws is a powerful one. It states that all persons have within them the power to change the conditions in their lives. Higher vibrations consume and transform lower ones. Thus, each of us can change the energies in our lives by understanding the universal laws and applying the principles in such a way as to affect change. At any time, you can switch vibrations from negative to positive. You can always change your conditions. You are never stuck. 9. The Law of Gestation The Law of Gestation, or also called the Law of Divine Timing, states that everything has its gestational period or time to manifest. Every thought, word, feeling, and action is a seed. Once nourished with enough focus and energy, that seed germinates into life's situations and circumstances. Your desires, goals, and innermost thoughts will manifest in divine timing, and not a moment sooner. 10. The Law of Relativity This law states that each person will receive a series of challenges, tests of initiation, for the purpose of strengthening the light within. We must consider each of these tests to be an opportunity and remain connected to our hearts when proceeding to solve the problems. 
This law also teaches us to compare our problems to others' problems and put everything into its proper perspective. No matter how bad we perceive our situation to be, there is always someone who is in a worse position. It is all relative. It is all perspective. 11. The Law of Polarity This law states that everything is on a continuum and has an opposite. There cannot be hot without cold. There is no up without down. There cannot be extreme negative without extreme positive. We can suppress and disperse of negative thoughts and energy by concentrating on its opposite. If we are negative, we can always switch our vibration to attract positive energy by focusing on the positive. What we focus on expands in our reality. 12. The Law of Rhythm This law states that everything vibrates and moves to certain rhythms. These rhythms establish seasons, cycles, stages of development, and patterns. Life is a series of ebb and flow. The tide goes out and goes back in again. Each cycle reflects the regularity of God's universe. Masters know how to rise above negative or challenging seasons by never getting too excited or allowing negative things to penetrate their consciousness. They focus solely on what they want, and so their reality reflects just that. 13. The Law of Belief this law states that whatever we fully believe with thought, emotion, and conviction eventually becomes our reality. We are always creating laws for ourselves based on what we believe to be true. Even if a thing isn't factually true, our belief will make it so. As Jesus said, It is done unto you as you have believed. 14. The Law of Gender This last out of the 14 universal laws states that everything has its masculine, yang, and feminine, yin, principles, and that these are the basis for all creation. The spiritual initiate must balance the masculine and feminine energies within herself or himself to become a master and a true co-creator with God. Master these laws, and you'll become a master manifester and a deliberate co-creator of the physical world. I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police could kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I came a long way from the block with breakdowns. 
finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech, cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act defended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this, but the peace to Marcus. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock.